Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. It's alright. Already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the sun? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we'll be previewing the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Should be absolutely awesome. We'll recap last week at the Shriners and much, much more. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Always Press DFS, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well, dude. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well for a Monday. Uh, looking forward to some fun golf, as always, but uh, yeah, doing good. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that means you didn't have any money on FanDuel. No, no, I rarely ever do. I, I just never liked their format to begin with. And I've said that on many shows that I do and in many chats that I've done it once in a while, like when they throw some free ducats in my direction for some reason, because that's what they do, because they need people, then right. I'll play. But um, I don't remember the last time I really did. I really could care less. Once they bought draft, I was officially just really pissed off because I thought, okay, maybe I will. I'll reinvest. And then they couldn't even do that right. So it just shows everything that's wrong with that system. Yeah, I'm with you. But um, let's do a quick recap of the Shriners. Um, Marty Party Laird won a three-man playoff on the second hole. I know Wolf was your OAD pick. He was there, almost almost made that putt on the first playoff hole to uh, get there. But he, he finished very strongly again. Um, the cut line got to minus seven, which tilted my face off. I know it made other people angry. Other people said, yeah, well, whatever, it's golf. Um, that could be a whole nother just rant I could have, and I might have at some point on this show, but what was your take from the Shriners last week? Uh, yeah, just fired into the sun, man. Uh, the, the whole, I mean, <clears throat> that, that kind of golf course just, it's not fun. It's, I mean, it's okay, I guess, especially if you got six of six through, it's probably really fun. But for me, you know, I mean, I had a solid five of six until that cut moved to, to seven and then it really just ruined my weekend. Um, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the golf course. It didn't seem that great. I'm looking really forward to this week, but last week, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, you know, but uh, talk about Martin Laird for a second. Did you see his shot on 17, like the the tee shot? Yeah, it looked like something I would do. I mean, he blasts that tee shot way right, hits a car path. He has a chip down and off of a hill going back toward water. One of the most insane, like, chip shots I've, I've seen in a while. Then, of course, he makes the – 15, 20 foot or whatever it was for par. And then bogey's the fucking next hole to get into the playoff. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, course history, if, if you don't think it's real, look at that. You know, yeah. I mean, there was plenty of it this past week, especially with like, I know Cantlay fell way back on, on Sunday, Sunday, but, um, you know, you can't shoot over par on that golf course. You're going to lose lots of lots of spots. And, uh, you know, Stuart Sink, you know, he played a different, totally different golf course. He didn't even, didn't even go to uh, whatever. Yeah, it, was the, great, it was a great TPC, tweet. Yeah. Whatever. Summerlin. Yeah, Summerlin. I mean, it was just it was a it was a weird week, but uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 ready to move forward and move on from that. Unless you got any other thoughts on it, I'm I'm done with it. No, it's like I don't mind a birdie fest when it's still reasonable, just seven under par to make the cut. Like someone said it best, you could get like Jason Duffner shot sixty eight, sixty eight, and had to go home. Like that just doesn't seem right. I know it's. What can you do? It's an easy golf course. It's open. There's really no penalty at all. Like it's just, but maybe maybe grow the rough a little bit. I don't know. Just like like something to make it a little. Like I'm not asking for you to make it a U.S. Open, but 
you know, take a like the fairies are already already super wide. The greens are already slow. Like let's let's give them something to like yeah. challenge them a bit. They're they're professionals. It's not me and you going out there and playing. That's so why I made the joke in the Slack chat. I'm like Jesse and Kevin are like really good golfers. You guys could have probably gone out there and almost made the cut. Like it was yeah, uh, okay, from the whites. No, <laughs> if, if I if I could play from the red tees and they give me ten shot advantage, I may have made it. Yeah, I know. I was just fully tilting on Friday. It was it was bad. I mean, because yeah. it you know it looked like I thought early on in the day I was like, you know, the, the two two under was was like basically right around top sixty five and ties after the first day. And I'm like, well, it's gonna basically double itself. Maybe sometimes you add one, so five yeah. under. And then it creeps up to six. I'm like, all right, you know, that's I, I can see that too, six under. And then it fucking gets to seven. It's just like, what is this? Yeah, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's where I was because I, I think I had 22 players last week in my pool, and I think I had nine or ten of them at five or six under. Yeah, I was just like, I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be a sweet week. Yes, this is looking good. You know, we're doing good. And then boom goes to dynamite. So that was a lot of fun. But right. yes, let's let's put that in the past. Let's move on to the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Recent years has been somewhere else, but you'll tell us all about that. What do you have for past event history at a different golf course? Yeah, so it's been played at uh, in South Korea at on Jeju Island, uh, Nine Bridges Golf Course, which, of course, they're not playing it over there this year because of circumstances going on in the world. Um, last year, Justin Thomas won the year before that Brooks, Brooks, Brooks Kepka won. And the year before that, Justin Thomas won. So JT's won two out of three, basically with this year, obviously, of course, this year doesn't matter. Um, playing at shadow Creek, which I'm, you know, you were talking about here in a second, but, uh, it's where they played the match, the most boring match in the history of matches. Yeah. The bright side is they had to have the match because they I think they've learned from that. We can all agree with the things we've seen in the past year have Mm -hmm. been much better. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, so I think they they took one on the chin there. They realized a few things, and I think we've all enjoyed the heck out of some more than others. But these little match things we've seen have been much better. So for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm well. I know we talked about it a lot after the last Tiger and Peyton and Brady and and that one that we'd be all about seeing that again, or even the one at Pine Valley. Like that was a cool four man thing. Like give me some of that. I'm in. Let's do it. Yep. So um, they're learning, and we'll eventually end up having a pay-per-view that we'll pay for again. It's going to happen. So just get ready for it. But you mentioned Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, thirty about 30 miles off the strip, give or take. Uh, Jesse sent me a cool tweet from Josh Colt, Future of Fantasy. Here's pictures of where they built this in the desert, because it was in the desert, because Vegas is a desert for those that uh, are unaware of that for some reason. And there was nothing around it when they built it back in the 80s, now that it's surrounded by housing, which is crazy. It was built by, or the man that wanted it built was Steve Wynn, the owner of the Wynn Casino franchise. So obviously money, not an issue with that man. And he got Tom Fazio to build it. Really awesome place. People that have played it said it's basically you never know you're in the desert. Like if you look at the pictures online, you wouldn't know either. Uh, it's got, they say it's got more of a North Carolina feel or like a you know Torrey Pines kind of West Coast feel to it. It's a lot of trees, a lot of water, a lot of bunkers. Um, and then in 2008-ish, the MGM Resorts purchased it from Wynn, and they renovated it with Fazio to make it the course it is now. It used to be a lot shorter course, where the course record was around 60 uh, with Tiger and one other person. I uh, forget who that was. But now the course record since 2008, which surprised me it's so low. It's a par 72, little less, a little over 7,500 yards. The course record is only a 66 by Dustin Johnson. Obviously, this isn't in a competitive round, but you would think in an uncompetitive round without like maybe professional tees, but still playing the blacks, that someone there would have shot better than 66. 
just th- throwing it out there. They must have been one hell of a hangover or something going on out there. And if it's DJ, you only can imagine what took place the night before. So um, 66 for DJ. Again, Shadow Creeks, par 72, a little over 7,500 yards. Lots of rolling hills throughout this golf course. Lots of bunkers, especially around the green, strategically placed, where you'll see pens placed behind them. So that'll be something to keep in mind. Um, there's a lot of water out there. A little more dog leg than just straight straight on most holes. So you'll want to be on certain sides of the fairway, but overall, not tricky. Fairways are rather easy to find. There'll be Bermuda fairways with lots of roll on them, so you don't have to be a bomber to succeed here. Um, some of the spots kind of get bottlenecky, so if you want to bomb it, you might want to be a little careful. But then again, the rough, unless they grow it out more for this tournament, when we see like the match and other people talk about the rough isn't too penal. So it's not TPC Summerlin, but a lot of comparisons where it's going to be warm, altitude, lots of rollout. Uh, you're going to have bent grass greens. Uh, all the four, four par fives are very reachable in two, especially for these guys, except like I mentioned, there might be some bunkers in the way or some water that makes you kind of think twice about what you're doing. So they might not be as aggressive, but they're going to be gettable if they want to. Uh, the par threes aren't bad. There's one drivable par four and a couple other short par fours. So scoring is going to be there if these guys are uh, hitting fairways and doing just fine. It's a no-cut event, 78 golfers, so you don't have to worry about you know a minus seven cut. Bring it on. Let's go. Uh, we'll start. We'll talk strategy here in a bit, but overall, it's going to be just you know a lot of similar things we've seen lately. Uh, but there is at least water and some bunkers to make you think a little more compared to some recent courses we've seen. With all that, Jesse, what kind of uh, stats are you looking at this week? Yeah, I mean, it's anybody's guess as good as mine. Um, going to wait basically a lot of the the same stuff. But assuming that this is an easy course, you know, probably not as easy as last week, but easier um than than usual because it is a, it is another resort course so it's not like you know this is wingfoot they're not uh proud of of they they don't have a history of of making it difficult um i'm sure i, I mean I, I know it'll play more difficult than it w- than otherwise would on a normal week if you're paying $500 to go play it during the week uh which anyways um so looking at just like a lot of the the normal stuff you know stroke scan approach tee to green um, driving distance, I think, you know, will matter. It, it is going to play long. I, I'm waiting, you know, birdie score, uh, quite heavily. It is a par 72. So we got plenty of par fives. When I say plenty, we got four. So I'm going to wait that as well. But I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those guessing games when, anytime we get to one of these new courses, but I'm going to assume that it's going to play easy. Uh, and we'll see. Yeah. I'd assume they play rather easy, birdie or better. Par five scoring is going to be very important. And with the no-cut event, some guys might take some more chances, and they usually would, so that'll make it uh, very interesting. So like like you mentioned, it's no-cut. Um, you, you made the joke. I meant to mention it. So when MGM took this over, before MGM, it was invite only. Um, MJ has played it. Michael Jordan has played it over 100 times. He's big on Steve Wynn's list. Go figure. Um, but there's basically, it's all celebrities, all athletes, all that kind of stuff. They've played it all. But then in, starting in like 2007 or eight when MGM took it over, if you stay at an MGM resort, you can play it Monday through Friday for 500 bucks, and they will take you in a limo to the golf course. You'll have a caddy waiting for you. The full experience for 500 bucks. Probably doesn't include your tip for the caddy or any of that stuff either. So count all that on top, none of the food and drinks. But uh, you can do that. But still, weekends, still invite only for the big boys. So it's one of those deals. If you want to take the trip, you got to go during the weekday with the boys to go play some golf at Shadow Creek. But uh, might be worth it. So uh, with all that being said, though, it's going to be a fun week. Before we get into it, Jesse, let's talk a little strategy for the no-cut event. I know we talked about it before. I know we don't condone cash play this week. Um, but, like, 
I got my thoughts on it, but how do you go about building your uh, your no cut event rosters? Yeah, I, it's definitely not a cash week. Um, you know, if, if you're new to uh, playing PGA, uh, there's some massive ups and downs in, in no cut events. You know, you can go from winning a lot of money to winning none, uh, in a very short period of time because, you know, guys will make a run on the weekend or just on a particular day and, and it, it really murders you. The other thing is, you know, we only got 76, you said 76, 75 golfers starting, mm-hmm. um, 78 I've got on my list here. Uh, assuming, you know, that obviously we're at a, nobody withdraws between now and, and Thursday or even after Thursday, um, you got basically half of a, a normal field. So ownership is going to be shot up on the chalk. Um, I, I try to, I, I tend to try to avoid it if, if at all possible. Uh, it sometimes is very <clears throat> difficult, especially given some of the guys that are playing this week. But um, so, you know, tr- tr- trying to do, trying to avoid the chalk, you know, it can work out, uh, especially in a, in, a, in, a, in a field like this. Uh, but just, you know, I, I was just going with a GPP mindset. A lot of uh, stars and quote-unquote scrubs builds, um, taking a lot of guys up top and then throwing in some of these 6K guys, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, definitely one thing to do. And another thing I like to mention is look for guys that make a ton of birdies. You don't care if they make a ton of bogeys as long as they're making their birdies because it's all about drafting scoring. Like, obviously, you don't want them bogeying a ton – but finishing position isn't nearly as important as just DraftKings scoring this week. There's a, there's a group of guys we'll talk about, or at least I know I'll mention like I do too many times during shows like this, that fare very, very well in no-cut events because they might have a rocky few holes, but you give them four days no matter, you know, no cut involved, yeah. they're going to put up points. So it's a big, big difference than your normal. Like you're going to want the guys that finish high, obviously, if you want to win the big bucks, but overall – it's going to be a high-scoring week. You're in, like Last week, we saw about 700-something points. You're going to see a lot of 6 to 7s again this week. So be prepared for that and uh, get going there. But uh, let's get at it. Let's get into the DraftKings scoring. Again, um, 78, no-cut event. 10K and above range. You've got John Rahm at 11-3. DJ at oh, – wait, one second. Got ahead of myself here. Fansharesports.com. I I, say. Yeah, I did have a couple things I want to show you from our guys at Fansharesports.com. Promo code always press to get you 20% off the package of your choice. Uh, I looked over the last six events, par 72, 7,400-yard fields. When it comes to DraftKings scoring, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Mackenzie Hughes is third, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau. Now, Finau is going to be interesting because I don't know how he passes COVID in time to play this week, but they still have him in the field for now. So keep that in mind. Then Morikawa is six. So a couple guys on this list I definitely want to hit up later. But another thing I want to look at here, we were talking about scoring. So the guys that have averaged the most birdies on courses like this over the last six rounds, Mackenzie Hughes, Justin Thomas lead the way here. So Mackenzie Hughes, there's your example. There's third in DK points, 18 birdies, got him there because he does not finish high enough like these guys to get there. John Rom third, Victor Hovland, Finau, Russell Henley now cracks the mold, and uh, Patrick Cantlay, Rory McIlroy, a lot of guys tied Xander, Sungjae tied in this range. And then the other thing I want to look at, because I mentioned all par fives are very gettable here, so let's take a look at average eagles uh, over this round, and that's not going to help me at all because most guys only average one eagle, so that's not going to be worth a darn <laughs> bit of good. Um, when we look at the last six events on bent grass greens, JT, Finau, Cantley, Berger, Hideki, Harmon lead the DraftKings scoring, but let's just for fun check out average birdies on these holes. you got Thomas, Berger jumps up to two now. Cantley, Harmon jumps up to four. Now you got Rose, Finau, Jordan Spieth finds his name on the list all of a sudden. 
and Cam Smith, another guy that jumps on the list. So just different ways you can use FanShare to kind of find different things on a week-to-week basis. There's way more than what I just gave you. There's tons and tons of stuff to check out, so go check them out. Promo code always press to get 20% off the package of your choice. Now to the DraftKings scoring, 10K and above. John Rahm's at 11-3, DJ at 11-1, JT 10-8, Rory 10-6, Xander 10-3, and Wolf is up to $10,000. Talk about a guy getting some love by DraftKings. I'm not going to argue it, but it's just I'm kind of a little shocked to see him this high. But we have six guys over 10K in this tournament, Jesse. That's almost a tenth of the field. So what do you got? Yeah, just uh, I'll, I'll start with, with Dustin Johnson. Um, like you said earlier, he's got the course record here, so familiar with the place. Uh, he has not finished outside the uh, top five or the top six, excuse me, in his last five starts. Um, and, and the one top you know, six was at the U.S. Open. Um, before that, he was, you know, four straight, top three or better. Uh, it, it, his the run he's on right now is just is is pretty incredible. Um, by by all standards, so like him quite a bit. JT and no cut events, you know, he's a, he's a guy who can just make birdies and bunches. I think he's definitely playable. Xander, I think, is interesting. Um, from a standpoint of he's playing well currently, coming off a tour championship win, uh, fifth place at the U.S. Open. Uh, but historically does well in these kind of events too. And then, you know, Wolf at, at 10K, I, I don't know if I'm ready to pay that much for him, but his form coming in is really good. Second and second in his last two starts. Go back to the BMW Championship, he finished 16th. I mean, the, guy, the guy's playing really well, and he can make eagles. I mean, like, you know, it, it, he had, I think, three eagles in, in, in nine holes um, last right. week. Let me let me verify that. But, I mean, the dude is, is a scorer. Uh, you know, probably one of the best at this point on tour. Um, and it's just it, it it's incredible for him to to play that well and be able to score like he does. Let me. I think it was round three he shot. Uh, That's when he shot like nine or ten under. Yeah. Yeah. On the backside, on so this on Saturday on the backside he goes birdie eagle par eagle par eagle. <laughs> birdie par so he shoots 28 on the back um <laughs> with three pars i mean that's pretty incredible uh i know obviously last week was a very easy week you know i'm not saying he's gonna do that again but the dude can go low so i you know, maybe a lot of people have the thought of i don't want to pay 10k for wolf when i can pay you know a little bit more for xander i can pay a little bit more for dj but you know i, th- I think he's worth a shot for sure um he's number one in my fancy labs model this week. So I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm going to play him. It just depends on how, how I fit him in or whatever, but DJ Xander and, and Wolf would be my guys up top here. Yeah. We got a lot of similar thoughts here. DJ just hard to pass on how well he's playing. He knows the course. I'm really curious on how many of these guys have actually played it. I, I know the big guys probably have all played it at least once or twice. The, the, the lesser known players. I'm curious to see how many have actually played here before practice rounds on Monday, but uh, I'm all about DJ, the form he's playing with. I'm not worried about him taking some time off. It's probably a good thing. So he's definitely a strong play. Wolf, for me, I think goes super low owned here. So I'm kind of intrigued to have a little Matthew Wolf because, like you said, everything you said, the form, the ability to score, it all lines up just beautifully. So it's really hard to pass up on on Matty Wolf as well. But for me in this range, I'm focusing on JT and Xander. Um, I I said it earlier. I'm going to mention it way too many times. No-cut events, I have like a group of guys I love to focus on no-cut events, and these are two of them. JT obviously has won a lot of these. He's played well in Hawaii. He's played well at the WGCs. 
He's won two CJ Cups. You just go down the list of things he's done well. Third at the Tour Championship, no-cut event. 25th the week before, a no-cut event. This is just what JT does time and time again. So I love him at 10-8. But I think Xander goes lower on than JT at 10-3. And I know I remember using him at the, the WGC St. Jude. He finished sixth. I remember that tournament very well because I finished actually well that week. And he had one triple on a par three. And he missed uh, – He I think he finished two shots off the lead. So – other than that one triple, he played like flawless golf. And that's what he can do in events like this. He can get hot for a round or two. That's why I mentioned, you know, have a bogey or whatever. It doesn't kill you. I think Xander is a great play. You mentioned uh, fifth place at the um, U.S. Open, first the tour championship, 25th, 25th, 10th, 6th. Coming in in great form. I think he goes lower owned than some of the big guys. You can't argue with anybody here. You wouldn't be shocked if Rory or Rom did anything great. But for me, I'm really focusing on Xander, sprinkling in some JT. And then Wolf, I'm going to keep an eye on the ownership over that fan share. Because a low-owned Matt Wolf up here, I know it's 10K, but I agree. I think people won't want to pay 10K. I think it's a great way to go about it in tournaments because the upside is huge. Uh, scoring ability is insane. I do like Matty Wolf at 10K, but Xander's my dude up here for now. Going to the 9K range, you got Cantley at 98, Brooks at 97, Hatton at 96, Morikawa 95, Finau 94, if he's playing. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, Berger 93, Matsuyama 92, Fleetwood 91, and Hovland at 9,000. As you'd expect in this field, it's loaded, Jesse. So who you like in this 9K range? We'll start with Brooks. Um, obviously, coming off the injury or whatever, I, I, I think he's going to be very low-owned. Um, so in large field GPPs, I like him quite a bit. Just for the reason of really more than anything else, he's coming off the injury. Surely he's been practicing and is ready to start to face down his nemesis, Bryson DeChambeau, which is, isn't it weird that Bryson's not? playing this event this week the only thing i can think of and looking at the pictures online of this course i'm guessing he didn't like as many holes as bombing on i don't like i think if he has to play like every other golfer he knows he doesn't have the advantage that he has the other way so that's my only guess like too much but water or bunkers free places. money he doesn't need money he i know he that. doesn't need the money but i'm just saying I, it's well free. there's a reason why kisner and guys are here because it's free money we've established certain guys joel dahman and those guys they're here for the money they don't care about anything else Right. But um, Bryson wants to get that driver fixed and or the new one because he wants to hit it 400 yards at the Masters. That's what he wants. It's it's his ego. His ego outweighs the money right now. 48 inch driver. I can't. I mean, I can't wait to see him at the Masters. I guess he's, he said he's not going to play again. To, right to the Masters. Tell the Masters. Right? He's not played. Yeah. Like literally, he's going to go work on that club to dial it in. So all he'll need is that and a wedge and a putter the rest of the week at Augusta. That's all he wants. How mad is Augusta National going to be when he's bombing? Uh, drivers into the parking lot off the uh uh the range or whatever yeah like he does at all these other courses they'd be furious be like hitting, I, I think i think the yeah the uh the the driving range well the the brand new like media center which i was say brand new i think it's like you know three or four years old now but it backs up to the uh, to, the, to the range, so he'd be like bombing drivers into the media center, probably. That would be great. I, I, Spieth was talking to someone in an interview recently saying, I think it's on 10 or whatever, he's basically going to go over the trees like he's going towards the next hole, and he's going to land it up by this spot, so he's got like, like a 30-yard shot in. Like he, He's just got it so strategically placed that he's not going to care where the actual fairways are. It's ridiculous. I, see, I mean, the only thing about that, and we'll talk about it in November, which – I can't fucking wait. We're not that far away from the Masters. Yeah. Um, he better be accurate because yes. he starts getting up in the pine tree. But the, the beauty of it is there's be no fans to get in the way, so he can literally take angles we've well, never been seen before. It might be bad. Yeah, could be. Good I doubt there'll be many. There might be a few. 
I no, doubt there'll be. Dude, there's not. They've already said there's not gonna be any fans. Oh, okay. I mean, there'll be people there, but it's not gonna. Like, anyways, yeah. back to this week. I I can't wait for the fucking yeah. uh, I'm with for you. the Masters. Uh, Hatton at ninety six hundred, coming off a win uh, over in Europe uh, at at the BMW PGA Championship. Very big win for him. Um, all four rounds in the seventies last week, and uh, I, he, he's a guy who can attack par fives as well. Uh, Berger at ninety three hundred, I think, is very interesting. He's he's not played like outstanding great golf recently, but you know it, it it's good enough. And his play before, you know, basically the BMW was really good. So maybe he can kind of find that again. And then Hovland at nine thousand, another guy, you know, who goes along kind of with um, Wolf and the fact that he can uh, score in bunches. I mean, he he may make a triple. Uh, he may make a double. He he may tilt you a little bit, but Hovland at nine thousand, I think, is is worth a, a a definite look. And I don't think that that's going to go under the radar by any means. I think Hovland at that price is going to be popular. Um, but I do like him at nine thousand dollars. What's your thoughts? Because uh, I, I I'm always a Hatton guy. I like Hatton, but are you concerned at all about these? I know they get private jets. I'm not worried about, but coming over from Europe all the way to Vegas to play right away. Nah, he'll be fine. Okay. I mean, you know, it, it, he um, he's probably on a jet today or whatever, or maybe tomorrow, and he'll get over there, and, you know, play him a practice round or two, and be ready to go. I mean, he's got to be feeling good coming off that win. He's yeah. got no pressure on him, and I'm with you. Know, you. Do you think he'll be wearing? A, do you think he'll be wearing a hoodie at all? Uh, probably not in the desert, um, but maybe if it was cold, which uh, is one of the most ridiculous early, early things. I've, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I guess maybe it could be cold. Who Anyways. cares? Who cares if they're wearing a hoodie? Like I, that conversation. I think you should be allowed to wear shorts. That's me. I know people don't like that one. Like, come on. I'm of. I'm of the. I'm of the. Uh, I'm of the the school of thought of just go play golf and wear whatever yep. you want to, assuming that the club allows it. I'm not yes, saying go out. 100%. But you know, I mean, I, hell, I play at a fucking golf course almost all summer long. Well, I do play it all summer long. I'm a member of it, and they just made a you have to wear a shirt rule. <laughs> that's good that's i'm not kidding good. you carrington uh, green's golf club in uh in little old bath county kentucky i mean it's uh oh, that's it's awesome. it's nothing special by any means but you know yeah it is what it is you know it's it's, yeah, it's, it's a fun time so I, I play with a buddy that doesn't wear shoes he prefers to wear go barefoot when he plays um i have guys that uh wear tank tops and stuff so yeah i'm with you i don't i just want to play golf i don't give a crap what you're wearing i'm with you as long as you have underwear on i'm pretty much good with whatever else you want to put on <laughs> right i mean you know as long as the club allows it yep go play you know 100 percent. i'm with you there um so for me in the 9k range though i i don't mind the hat and call i think Cantley coming off a nice week there um last week finishing eighth could be an interesting lower owned option here a guy that usually you'd expect in the 10k range with the big boys he's down at 98 he gets my attention uh, Laura call off the missed cut. He's missed two straight cuts before, uh, after that seventh, the tour championship. I think he's very intriguing here. A guy we know can dart par fives in a big, big way. Uh, he missed, he, he, he barely missed the cut in this last week, if I remember correctly. So, um, I think more at 95 is a strong play. And then what's your thoughts? You didn't mention him. What about Danny Berger coming in here at 9,300 yeah, bucks? I did. Oh, I must've missed him. My apologies. Sorry. I figured that's your boy. So I, I was yeah. surprised. I like him. Okay, yeah, I'm with him there too because I think at, at that price point he can definitely out out uh, play that percentage. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting range here. A lot of guys like Brooks, I, I kind of have to see it, but would you be shocked? No, just because it's Brooks. Like he's not I'm telling like he, you, he's yeah, going to be low owned. He's he's a great GPP play this this week. 
phenomenal GPP play. Like I'm with you there because he ain't coming back till he's ready because he wants to be at the Masters and he wants that final round with with Bryson. Like that's what he wants. He's that's probably like awesome. circled that already. Yeah. Like if if Augusta has half a sense of humor, that's your like they're in the rounds one and two together. That'd be great, but they won't do yeah. it. No, they won't. They won't do it at all. So, so we're gonna have to wait for round four. I want that final pairing. Give me those two right now. That'll be an electric factory. Yes. But uh, let's head into the 8K range. Give me Fitzpatrick at 89, um, Scheffler at 88, Sungjae 87, Harris 86, Usti 85, Sergio 84, Day 83, Answer 82, Fowler 81, Casey 8,000. It's one of those ranges, Jesse. I know I, we don't play cash, but even for GPPs, you can put a couple guys here and feel pretty good about things. Yeah, I mean, let's start with uh, with Scheffler, another guy who can make birdies in bunches. Um, he did miss the cut last week, uh, but he shot 69-67. So, yeah, that's a tough tough way to miss a cut. You know, I mean, he, what, what was a par 71 last week? So he shot yeah. five under, or no, he shot six under. He six missed under, the cut on the number. Yep. Uh, Jay at 87. He's been playing really well of late. Um, you know, last week he finished 13th, the week before that 28th. Um, all three round, all four rounds, excuse me, in the sixties last week had a 63, uh, on Friday, uh, to shoot up the board there. Um, so like him quite a bit English at 86, uh, I think he's all right. I'd rather go to Usti at 85. Um, he, uh, had a, when I say terrible round, he shot even par on Saturday last week, which just, you know, murders a person when everybody's shooting four five, six, seven under, um, Finished 19th, finished third at the U.S. Open, playing really good golf right now. Feeling good, must have his uh, his, ma- his mattress there. Um, or at least wherever casino he's staying at has a, a nice mattress for him. Um, and, and that's that's pretty much it. What, did you see R- Ricky Fowler's round? You know, of course, I'm on Ricky Fowler last week. I play him. He shoots 67 the first day, four under, and follows it up with three over round the next day. I, I don't know what the hell's wrong with Ricky, man. He's hanging out with Spieth too much. I, I don't know because it, it's frustrating because I think like you'll agree that's why you played him. The talent for him, especially on a course that's gettable like last week, he should piece that thing apart. Like he does the waste management, and to see him shoot three over, like the four under made sense. I'm like okay, cool. He's he's got a big round in one of these four days. He knew he did. Never got to find out though. Nope. Like it's just frustrating with the talent like that. But that's also it goes to show how tough golf is. It really is. Like these guys are so good, but it's like one little thing here or there, and you know, playing the weekend and not playing the weekend changes that quickly. I think so, he's, I think he's like redoing a swing or something. Maybe that's the issue with it or whatever. But um, either way, I mean, it's that's just rough, dude. I, I watched a lot of that round on on Friday, and it was not good. Of course, I played him on a uh, uh, showdown team that day too, so that was great. Well, like if you've watched him, he hasn't played much. He. Uh, he didn't play the last two, or at least the tour championship, if not the last two events of the FedEx Cup. He only played the U.S. Open, then took more time off, then missed the cut. So he's been really – you're probably right. He's probably messing with something, trying to figure something out. So he's taking a lot of time off right now where other guys like of the bigger elk are playing quite a bit. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Ricky's up to. Maybe the no-cut event, he can figure things out, have a bad round or two, but still come out there and have another good round or two. You never know. So see how that goes. I won't be playing him, though. In yep. the 8K range that I'll be focusing on, I'll be 100% back on Scotty Scheffler. Like you mentioned, birdies and bunches. You know, missed cut last week, which is garbage. 37th, then 2nd, 20th, 4th, 4th, 15th. 
I just I love Scotty. It's fin like birdie machine. Give me Scotty Scheffler. We saw it last week. Even when we had like a bogey or two, comes back like an eagle birdie birdie or something. Like the dude can just fill the stat sheet up. So give me Scotty Scheffler and give me Sung J eighty seven. Starting to get that form together. Thirteenth last week when I mentioned that fan share stuff on courses like this on Bermuda greens like this. He's a birdie machine and a DraftKings scorer. I like Sanjay quite a bit at eighty seven, and then I like Usti as well. Like you named pretty much we're on the same page on all these guys. Um, the only other guy I have on my list here is Abraham Answer. I mentioned it last week. Like he's been playing really goofy in a GPP. I don't mind it, but he's really tough to get behind right now. Well, I finished fourth last week because what he does so well is he has great iron play, pretty good around the greens. Can he putt and can he drive the ball off the tee? Those are the two things that always. If he's if he's driving it even well, let alone I don't care about the putting. If he's driving it well, he's gonna have so many birdie chances that eventually it's gonna fill up. In a no-cut event like this, if he's driving like he did last week, he's going to finish in the top 10 yet again. So Abraham answered 82. If the driver's working, is a phenomenal play. If it's not, we'll get four rounds and see what happens. But I think he's another sneaky one down here that, that kind of goes lower owned between guys like Day and Casey or Fowler. And you got Casey and Sergio is always popular for some reason. So I think answer if, at uh, 82 could be kind of interesting as well. All right, 75 to 79. I'll just read them off because there's like six of them. Brendan Todd, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland, Shane Lowry, Kisner, Neiman. Who you liking here? Yeah, one play. Who do you think it is? Brendan Todd. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there, too. How do you Brendan not play Todd. him at $2,900? How do yeah. you not play him at that price? Yeah. How chalky do you think he is? Let's put it that way. How chalky? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that everybody will be touting him and on him, especially with the likes of like Woodland, a little bit lower, Rose right there. Uh, but I'd rather go Todd. Uh, he's coming off. Pretty solid uh, U.S. Open to finish twenty third. Um, you know, finished eighth back at the BMW. So, you know, if, if it's a golf course where, you know, hitting it in the the fairway is is good, <laughs> his approach game is is great. And if he can just make a few putts, I like him quite a bit. So, Brent Brendan Todd's my guy here in this range. And that's it. I don't really. I'm not a huge fan of anybody else. Yeah, Todd, one hundred percent. Like Todd Scheffler, M. Start with those three will happen a lot for me. Like I'd say, a starting point. I'll probably sprinkle in some Xander and go from there. That's where a lot of my lineups will come, be coming from. Uh, but a couple of their options here. Kisner's interesting. Finished the year very, very strong throughout the playoffs and up to the playoffs. Took a couple weeks off. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Hasn't played since. Obviously had some issues on social media. Kisner doesn't care. And he's here to make money. This is what he does. So he can be kind of, he will be very low-owned at 75. Not a must-play, but if you're looking for like one guy to be low-owned and take chalk everywhere else, Kisner's definitely there. If not, Joaquin Neiman gets my attention at 75. Very up and down guy, so perfect for a GPP event like this. 13th last week, another guy you can take a peek at, but I'm with you. It's Brendan Todd's area. I'm really kind of baffled by the price point. That's about all I got to say about that. Uh, 7,000 to 7,400, you got Norin, Poulter, Spieth, Bubba, Harmon, Billy Ho, Henley, Kim, Kokrak, Munoz. Another very interesting range. Who stands out to you here? Yeah, Norin, uh, you know, he, he writes out well on my model on fancy labs um come off a 17th place finish at the u.s open uh before that he finished 40th at the bmw eighth 22nd third playing some really good golf bubba rates out even better on my fancy labs model um the thing about bubba is you just don't know if he's gonna like the golf course or not right so he might love it and shoot six under he might hate it and shoot six over you know it just it just totally depends who knows i think he's a great gpp play though at 7300 muñoz another guy who can make a lot of birdies at 7000 and then last but not least kokrak coming off the missed cut last week he missed it on the number uh so you know take that for what it's worth he shot 68 68 both days um and just 
needed to shoot 67 one day and he made the cut. So he got a lot, a lot of price decrease on him. Uh, he was 8,900 last week. I talked about the fact that I thought he was overpriced and ended up being true. Um, and I, you know, got lucky on saying that, but this week I like him a lot at $7,000. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys coming in in great form on the number miscut type deal. What could have been. So there's a lot of those guys. Don't want to get back on that subject though. Um, I love the Sebastian Munoz call at 7K. He's a birdie machine like you talked about. And he's playing really good golf to top it off. So I don't mind him at all at $7,000. The other guys I had circled here, Poulter always gets my attention. He finished fifth and sixth the last two weeks on the Euro Tour. Missed the cut at the Open, but had pretty good form up till then. Just kind of not the biggest birdie machine, but we've seen him pop at events like this. So you could look Poulter. Like Bubba's a better GPP boy because he could have the ceiling that Poulter might not have. But Poulter might have the more you know sustainability. But no cut event, uh, I see the appeal there. The other guy that will go super under the radar in this range that has my attention, and he popped up on some of those fan share stats, and I liked him last week, and he finished 13th, and that's Brian Harmon uh, coming in in really good form, a guy that will hit fairways, good approach game. If the putter gets going, he can get a lot of birdies. So a guy like Harmon at uh, 72 can go really low owned here, and I don't mind him at all in this price range to uh, get a little different. All right, 6K range in an event like this. You can make arguments for many of these guys. Who do you have circled this week? Start with McKenzie Hughes at 6,800. I mean, you mentioned him in the fan share stuff before. Um, his only missed cut since basically the restart was the U.S. Open. He missed the first cut to Charles Schwab, but then made a bunch of cuts in a row, missed the U.S. Open cut. We're not going to, um, you know, no get too awful down about that. Yeah, finished third at, at, in Corrales, seventh at the Tour Championship, 10th at the BMW, 13th at the Northern Trust. Dude's playing really well at 6,800. Um, definitely worth playing. 6,500, uh, Brennan Steele coming off a miscut last week. Another guy who uh, shot six under and missed the cut. Uh, before that, made a bunch of cuts in a row. Higgs, same thing, miscut on the number. He took a triple on one hole, um, hit two balls in the water, and that's what ultimately missed the cut there. Lonto at... Uh, at the same price as Higgs, which is 6,300, like Lonto a lot at 6,300. Um, give him four rounds. I think he can do some damage. Tom Hogue, uh, 6,100 if you're all the way down here. Um, four straight make cuts for him on tour, including three straight top 30s. Uh, obviously, much weaker fields than what we're in this week, but nevertheless, the guy's obviously playing pretty well. And these have been birdie fest types of golf courses over the last, you know, three events that he's played, which is the Shriner, Sanderson, and Safeway. So uh, him at 6,100, I think, is totally fine if you're down here looking for somebody at 61. Yeah, we're pretty much on the same group here. I had McKenzie Hughes at 68, big fan of that. Lanto at 63, Hoagie at 61. The only other guy I don't think you mentioned is Ryan Palmer at 67. Uh, I finished 15th at the last WGC event, uh, 25th at the Tour Championship, this is another one of those guys, He can, he's going to blow up at one point in time. Hopefully it's on the weekend in a, in a cut event, but he's going to do it. But he can also come back and birdie like a madman. He even did it at the um, the Players' Championship where he had a horrible first day, second day went low, made the cut, did his thing. Uh, he's very, very good at that, can make a lot of birdies. So Palmer at 67 is another guy where his DK scoring is usually much better than his finishing position. So he's a guy I like for events like this as well. But, yeah, you mentioned Hughes, Griffin, Hogue. To, uh, guys I'm really, really liking down here as well. All right, recapping things, 10K and above, who's your number one play? DJ. I'm going to go with Xander for me. 9K range. Uh, go ahead and give me two. Hatton and Berger. Oh, no, excuse me. Hatton and Hovland. 
I'm going to go with Cantley and Morikawa. Um, 8K range, go ahead and go two. Uh, M and Usti. I'll go Scheffler and M. Uh, 7,500 to 79, we both have Todd. So yeah. 7K to 74, who you got there? Uh, Watson and Munoz. I'll go Munoz and Harmon. Or Kokrak, excuse me, Kokrak too. I like Kokrak a lot. That's a good call too. You can get some stars and scrubs like a Kokrak, Munoz, get up top. You can have some fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who's your just who's your top 6K player? Uh, I mean – Model wise, it's Higgs, but just like gut, I'm going to say Lonto. At Lonto's price point, could he blow up easily? We've seen it. We've also seen him go really low, bomb on like bomb eagles on par fives. If he's just locked in at 6,300 bucks, that price is just wrong. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very with you on that one. I think he's a great way to get some of the big boys up top. But in a field like this, you don't have to have all the big boys because these are all very like the way to qualify is the top 60 in the FedEx points. And it's like eight guys from the Asian tour. And then there's 12 sponsors exemptions. So you got some big boys here. Uh, you don't have thir- even the seven K guys have some very talented players. So it's a, a very fun event. If you're starting a GPP lineup, who are the three guys you're starting with? Uh, Bubba, Brendan Todd and Hovland. Yeah. I, I kind of hit that earlier. It'd be Xander, Scheffler, Sungjae for me. You could throw in Todd if you want as a fourth. And then builds from there. I think you could do a lot of damage with that. We don't even go in cash, so we go to our friends at Bavada. Who do you got winning this thing? That's a great question. I should have had this pulled up. You go ahead. Um, again, it's a week where you can make cases for many. I think the number on Usti at 40 to 1 is very intriguing because he can get hot and have some damage here. I think Brendan Todd at 66 is very interesting as well. Um, whenever you're ready, let me know because otherwise I'll just keep naming guys off. But um, if I can find it, there we go. Like long shots, long shots. There's not like a ton. I love to win it all. You could take a gamble on a guy like, I don't see Munoz or Lonto winning it all is the problem. So guys yeah. over a hundred, I'm really not digging into. I'd rather keep it in that 65 ish range and below. Like the biggest favorite I could see putting money on if you wanted to would be like a, um, I think Xander at 14 is really strong, but I, I don't think I'd go that far. Uh, I like, I mean, I think Brooks at 25. You know, has some value. Yep. Uh, Hovland at 33. Um, again, these are on Bovada's odds, which I've heard Bovada's odds are uh, like depressed from what most everybody else can get, which of course I can't legally place a bet in my home state. But, anyways, um, and then a little bit longer, man, Brandon Todd at 66. Mm-hmm. It's down. Yep, I think that's got a lot of pop. And you know what? You mentioned some good points about Bubba Watson earlier. If he clicks, 80 to 1 is very good. Yeah, oh yeah, 80 to 1 on Bubba would be okay too. Because like you said, we've seen him do it before, like in Mexico and other courses. If he likes the course, he's going to go low, and it'll be interesting come Sunday. If he, if he doesn't like the course, well, it's four rounds of Bubba Watson trying to figure things out. <laughs> so that's just how it's going to go. But uh, CJ Cup, that's it. 78 golfers. Any final thoughts, Jesse? I don't. Good luck this week. Yep, should be a doozy. Uh, lots of fun, and more importantly, I, Jesse and I talk about it a lot in our text. We're just looking forward to watching these guys golf on this golf course because, again, $500, not in everyone's wheelhouse to go play golf, and yeah, you got to have special accommodations to go do it. So I'm looking forward to doing it one of these days, but we'll definitely watch it and enjoy. But until then, check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BDN Trick. Join us in these free Fantasy Sports DJ and Slack chat if you have any questions. 
Otherwise, good luck this week. This was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast reviewing the 2020 CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Catch you guys later. Come on.